G'day everyone, welcome to the NRL Finsider podcast. I'm Jam, the NRL Finsider, here with Timar after a uh, eventful weekend. How are you? Yeah, good, good, good. We uh, jumped to the beach, missed a few games, but uh, we're, we're back. All right, did you last the uh, Dolphins game? Uh, look, unfortunately, I, I didn't make it till full time. It's. <laughs> um, <laughs> After the first half, I was getting a little bit depressed. So, mm. well, I, I hung in there. We'll talk more about that. But that was a uh, that first half. If people left, it's, I wouldn't have left. But I understand some people did, and I probably don't blame them a little. But um, probably a good lesson that we all hang in there, <laughs> uh, especially when Wayne Bennett's the coach. But um, it was a good win. But we'll talk more about that in a moment. So what we'll get into tonight is we'll do diving deep into last week. Diving deeper, Jesus, wait there. We're diving deeper into the Dolphins. We'll look at news and notes, my tips, the NRL super coach, and the uh, awesome foursome is a good one today. So if you want to do your transition thing. Here we go. Right, so what we'll do is we'll look at the scores from last week. Shout out to the League Unlimited team for once again producing a great document i call it it's a is this for free yeah free i'm not sure what they're doing um like the amount of work they put in to put all this together is just amazing we're not paid by league unlimited we don't work with league unlimited but uh we're big fans of the crew at league unlimited and they put out i don't know it's like a media not a media it's for all fans it's basically a short version of the uh, big league magazine that used to be pumped out but if you haven't checked it out, leagueunlimited.com, League Unlimited on Twitter, and they pump this uh, content out on, I think it's a Wednesday normally, but mm. um, it's a free download and really, really good to um, you know preview the week ahead. And if you're having some tipping issues, the guys have some really, guys and girls have some good stats in there as well. Mm. So anyway, let's look at the round. South Sydney defeated uh, Penrith 20-18, which was one of the great, Games of the season. Latrell Mitchell come up huge, huge again, sorry. Um, really great win. Just on this round as well, there was five games where they were decided by less than three points. <laughs> you know, it's probably a lot of people saying it's the best season or best start to a season of all time. It's probably hard to argue. It's it's so close. Mm, and the other games were decided by ten points, eight and six. I think this time last year we are talking about has the NRL ruined the game, so... <laughs> Anyway, it's uh, been a very, very uh, good start to the year. So South Sydney opened and beat the Panthers 2018. Broncos defeated Parramatta 26-16. to Then we had Cronulla and Canterbury. Cronulla, th- oh, sorry, I apologise. There was a 13-point win here. So it was four games less than three points. Um, Cronulla 33 defeated Canterbury 20. Nico Hines had another... Great game, which was good for my super coach. Cowboys defeated Newcastle 18-16. to It's a really good win. Good to see Val Holmes playing well. Dolphins defeated Gold Coast 28-26. Then this is where the, it was a really cumbersome round to keep up with, with the scheduling, but more on that later. Manly defeated the Tigers 22-16. to It was good to see the Tigers actually... Um, have a crack this week. Our brother Lee will be very happy. Mm. Yeah. Six-point loss, it's better than a win. <laughs> he, he told us to go uh, easy on the Tigers. Uh, we'll go easy. I mean, <laughs> six points is it's good, all things considered. But anyway, all jokes aside, it's good to see them have a, uh, a better effort. And uh, not good to see Turbo was uh, well below his best and carrying an injury by the looks of it. On Tuesday, I think probably the game in the round, it was scrappy, but it was a really good game and great atmosphere. The Roosters defeated St. George Leroy 27-26. And we finished with Melbourne defeating the Warriors 30-22. to um, Some big injuries in that game for the Warriors and they're going to be under man this week. But Melbourne, when uh, Cameron Munster's playing as he's playing, they're hard to beat. I said on Twitter, I think Cameron Munster might be the most valuable player in the competition. 
They're undefeated when he plays at six this year. And um, he's just a difference maker. I mean, he's up there with Cleary, Nico, Latrell. But uh, another good win by Melbourne, who are back to where they were. Just looking at the competition ladder, the Broncos still lead with 14 points. Then you've got Manly on 11 points. Then we've got that logjam of uh, 10 points all the way down to ninth. You've got Penrith, Souths, Cronulla, Melbourne, Warriors, Dolphins, Roosters. Dolphins are in the eight. Then after that, you've got Gold Coast on eight, Canberra on eight, who we play this week. Knights on seven, which is probably a bit unlucky. I think they're playing better than where they sit on the table. Parramatta, 13th on six points. The Dragons, Cowboys... Bulldogs on six points, and then you've got the Tigers on two points with the bye. Top try scorer is Mike, is Mike Acevo for Parramatta, nine games, ten tries. Jermaine Osako and the Hammer have played nine games for eight tries. And Jermaine still leads the competition in point scoring. Eight games, eight tries, 27 goals, 86 points. And uh, Latrell Mitchell's on his tail now. And uh, the form Latrell's in, I would suggest he's going to be uh, overtaking Jermaine Shortly, unfortunately. So that's the scores from last week and the ladder. And then we might look at a, again, the Titans uh, Dolphins review. Um, are we doing a transition or are we just getting into it? Why Why don't we just, just chuck on a transition here, John? There you go. So one of the... Most frustrating halves of all time was that first half. We lost 26 to 6. Mm. And I had the uh, pleasure of watching it delayed. So <laughs> I stayed off Twitter, but then I was posting on Twitter as I was watching the delay. <laughs> and then all these people tell me, don't watch it, mate. It's Turn it off. <laughs> yeah, I saw that, actually. And the hammer's injured and, you know, Katoa's broken his leg. <laughs> uh, it gets worse from here. All this crap was going on. So anyway, I was getting trolled by the fans, which was pretty funny. Um, but that first half was just like the second half first south. It was just an appalling, you know, afternoon of rugby league. And that's what will be worrying Bennett. And we've got a good soundbite in a moment from Bennett. But, you know, in the south game, we opened and led 14 to 6, all looking very well. Second half, we lost 30 to zip. You know, and then this week, we opened trailing six or 26 to 6, then come out in the second half and won 22 zip. Mm. So we're not putting together complete games. And when we do put together 80 minutes, we're going to be very hard to beat, as we've proven over the first eight games of the year. But whilst there's plenty to take away from the second half, I think there will be some concerns there for Bennett, and that's what he'll be pressing upon the team against the Raiders this week, who we'll talk more about that game, but I think the Raiders are going to be up for a, a big game at Wagga. And on the back of the Jack White and Saga, yeah. Um, yeah, who knows what we're going to get from the Raiders. But Bennett will be looking for an 80-minute performance, win, lose or draw. So you want to throw to the Bennett soundbite. Another part of history, Wayne. Uh, Biggest comeback in the history of the NRL happened today under your watch. Well, I'll be the other end of those as well, so I've got a few records out there. They're not all good. What did you say at half time? Not much. I can't remember now. Belief in the team, Wayne, it's quite extraordinary. You've got to believe to be able to achieve that, I imagine, and your team showed that today. Yeah, well, they showed some wonderful qualities. Um, they had to and they put themselves in that place so yeah I was obviously pleased with that yeah so Bennett a man of many words but he, he wouldn't have said much at half time there wasn't much to say outside of you know pull your head in and get back to the game plan um, we were blown off the park and the Titans looked like they were going to run 50 on us but um, mm. you know Wayne Bennett is the master of um, the half time speech so it was a really good win good result I was going to do a live reaction after the game and then I got caught up with life and I, I wasn't able to do it. And I didn't have time this weekend with the 
Long weekend. Jesus. <laughs> Here we go. Here's life. Well, we are live. It's, people are telling us they like it. Now I'm going to have to turn that alarm off somehow. Uh, what time is it? There we go. Um, so I didn't do the review either, unfortunately, but we should be back in the swing of it um, after the school holidays are out of the way now and we've got um, some consistency in our schedule. But Jared Wallace, uh, he was the standout when he came on. I'm not sure what you saw of it, but he... As soon as he came on, he had an intent about him and it was a really good performance from Jared. Uh, he got my three points in the Wayne Bs, which we'll talk about. But Did he get man of the match? Uh, he should have. I, I, I don't know. I lost my mind after the win. <laughs> um, I was watching it with someone and, uh, yeah, it was a really amazing result. So I missed what happened after the full-time siren and I quickly went to the next game, which I think was Manly... And Tigers, but uh, yeah, Jared Wallace, I think, was man of the match. He, what I loved about Jared Wallace and those who are stats minded, and they look at the uh, the stat sheet as opposed to the game. Jared doesn't stand out on the stat sheet, uh, but what he did do was his ball playing before the line unlocked Katoa because every time he ran to the line. He he was either tucking under his arm and then looking for the offload, or he was ball playing. It was an amazing effort, and uh, by unlock by that ball playing he played, um, it allows Katoa to have a bit more room, uh, as the defence have to respect what Jared was doing. And as as Jared went to the line, got the ball out the back, Katoa had all this space. It was a really it was well. I don't obviously it was Bennett and his strategic mind and, and coaching, but Wallace did a job there and. Yeah, Katoa was the benefactor, I think. He also scored a really good try. He also put on a try for Mark Nichols, prop to prop, um, which was really cool. So he was man of the match. Uh, Katoa, I thought, had a good game bouncing back from a really poor South game. He was quiet in the first half, but everyone was. Uh, but when he had a bit more time and room, Katoa just took ownership of the team, which is what I've been telling him to do. And even when kicking... Lo and behold, he was chasing the damn ball. Yeah. Now, not every time, but he was chasing. So he's inspiring the team. He was doing all the little things that great halfbacks do. And it was a really good performance from Isaiah. And uh, I don't want to flog Robert Jennings, but I'm not sure if you've seen it. But he had one of the roller coasters of all time. Uh, He scored a couple of tries, I think, in the end. But that aside, he could have had four. He... (laughs) That try that he he was five meters from the line. No one he fell on the ground. No one was around him, and he just stood. He just lied there and played the ball. So he wasn't held. No, but he. I think he thought it was going to be a double movement. Or something. I don't know what he was thinking, but it was one of the brain snaps of all time. <laughs> and I, I nearly broke the TV at that point. And then Cody Nicarima was into him, and deservedly so. And then uh, not long after, he dropped the ball over the line. And and then eventually he gets the I think he got the match winner. But anyway, Robert Jennings had a, an afternoon of highs and lows, and I'm surprised he actually kept his spot this week because there were some errors there that Bennett just doesn't tolerate normally. So we'll see how that goes. Tessie News back probably next week, so this will probably be the last time we see Robert for the year unless there's injury. But anyway, mixed afternoon, and he got the job done when we needed him to at the end there. So great win, one of our best, but the halves or the tail of two halves is something we need to um, get better at. So with that said, we've got the Wayne Bs. I put the post on the uh, blog, www.thenrlfinsider.com. Well, how are we looking? All's looking good if I can open it. Um <laughs> Here we go. So Jared Wallace, as I said, he was my man of the match. He got three points. Uh, I wrote, what a performance from Wallace. The former Origin forward was influential influential, sorry, in our improbable comeback win. I loved his offloading. and He wanted to use the ball before the line, which really added another dimension to the attack, which unlocked Isaiah Katoa. So, yeah, great, great result there for Jared, who... Has been really good all year, to be fair. Isaiah got two points. I uh, wrote here that it was his best half of footy since the Cowboys win. Uh, laid on a try for Robert Jennings. 
although it got removed from the NRL Supercoach, which was an absolute joke. But um, he outshone Cody and really took ownership of the team. So it was a really great comeback performance from Isaiah, who's a little bit... He's getting a lot of plaudits from people who I don't think are watching the game as closely as perhaps me. But um, you know, Robert Craddock said something crap. Since uh, Sean O'Sullivan's injury, it's unlocked Isaiah Katoa. It hasn't unlocked him at all. It's um, given him an opportunity, but he hasn't been... Alan Langer each week, but I don't want to be too negative. But um, one point was to Ewan Aiken. I thought he had his best game for us. He uh, really straightened up his attack. He's one that likes to go left to right and crab across field, which is um, really frustrating. Straightened up his attack and he was better for it. And he actually looked for pass a pass, which is uh, very rare for Ewan. Uh, he put on a try, a tip on to Robert Jennings. He had 186 metres, scored a good try. It was pretty good defensively. So they're my 3-2-1. The leaderboard is uh, the Hammer leads on 10 points. Jeremy Marshall King is second on 8 points. Tom Gilbert is third on 6 points. He had a... Uh, if you looked at his stats, he had a pretty good game, but it was probably one of his worst performances, I think, overall. He missed some really poor tackles, and they led to uh, points. So he'll be looking for a big game this week. Uh, three points, Sean O'Sullivan, Tessie New, Jermaine Osako, Cody Nikarima, Isaiah Katoa and Jared Wallace. Two points, Felice Kafusi, who welcomed back last week, and Mark Nichols. One point each to Mason Teague and Ewan Bostock. You better talk for a minute. I need a, <laughs> I need a cup of tea. So we're looking at – we're diving deeper into – what, diving deeper into the dolphins? Well, don't dive deep. We got complaints. <laughs> <laughs> I think we uh, some innuendo might have offended a couple, but uh, actually, good segue. Actually, just on that, some muppets on uh, social media. Can't remember his name. He's not really. He's a non-event. His name was Matt. Into me about giving uh, some commentary around our inability to sign big names. But in what was your what was your point? Well, I'd spoken that? to a couple of guys in the NRL. I don't name them; they're just mates. But um, one's in the recruiting side, not for our club. And he said the knock on Dolphins because I said, "Mate, how can't we're not signing these guys? What's happening?" So look, there's a lot of you know pros to go to the Dolphins, but one big thing that players do raise is how long is Bennett going to be there? That's right. And he's published. We've published, he's there at the end of 24. Yeah. And then we hand over to Christian Wolf. Christian's going to be a very good coach, but he's still unproven NRL-wise. Yeah. And so it, he could be Wayne Bennett, or he could be bloody you know, Ian Millwood, who's failed over here. He could be um, Holbrook, who was a, done great in the um, Super League, and he's now at the Gold Coast, and he's not doing, you know, he's not kicking goals. So my point was, there is a potential... That well, more than a potential that players like Jack, mm. um, Naz, who we didn't get either, uh, Cam Munster, they're going, Well, yeah, I'll sign here for four years or five years, but how long is Bennett here for? Oh, he's here to end of 24. What happens after that? Christian Wolf. Oh, okay. Yeah. So if you kind of come for Bennett, you're only getting him for a year. It, it, it takes the. Um it, it it takes it out of the deal, right? Like he, well, it he takes a bit of air out of it. Exactly, exactly. And, and and that was my point. So this Muppet's carrying on. Why do you have to post crap like this? Like, go away. Like, go mm. follow, you know, Jim's Dolphin podcast or whatever the hell it is. And you know, where it's all rainbows and lollipops and we're all fucking patting Bennett on the back and mm. saying we're going to get every player. Let's just call it out. Like, we may have in hindsight wanted to keep the fact that Bennett's going in two years to ourselves. Mm. Because it's probably a part of the non-event in the signing. Now, we're getting some good signings. Josh Kerr is a really good signing. Mm. you know. But the, the top echelon, if part of it is Bennett and he's not going to be there, it's going to have an impact. Of course. So anyway, to the Muppets who um, follow and you don't agree with my opinion and want to send some hero stuff on Twitter or whatever, I'm happy to uh, have a conversation with you, whether online or in person, just quietly, but... Um, if you don't like it, don't follow. Right. <laughs> anyway, move on. All right, so diving deeper into the Dolphins. Right, I need to drink.
drinking my tea after that. <laughs> I was going to fire up, I mean, honestly. <laughs> it's um. You won't miss me, Matt. I'm six four, mate. I'll see you. Uh, but um, anyway, I'm not. It's it's just more like the cowards behind the the keyboard, you know. It's uh, you're getting Twitter beasts already. Oh, apparently. <laughs> Dead set Muppet. <laughs> um, so on Whiten, obviously we we've missed out on Whiten. He's yeah, so we missed Jack. Yeah, that was a. He, he's going to Souths. Well, yeah, he's going to South, So good luck to him. Uh, he's taken unders, and the reasoning is he wants to win a premiership. So you can't begrudge him for wanting to do that. Paul Kent made a goose of himself on 360 this past week where he um, defended the crap out of the Raiders and called the salary cap a rort and all this other nonsense. But um, PK is a known defender of Ricky Stewart and he probably um, let his emotions get the better of him as I just did a minute ago. <laughs> um, so we missed out. It is what it is. I'm happy in one sense that I didn't want to pay a million or 1.1 for four years because he's a 30-year-old and on the back end of a career. And I want players who want to be um, and have an impact, and he was shopping himself around. So if he doesn't want to be, good luck to him. And, um, yeah, we miss out, but he will um, have a good career at South. And as I said last week on the podcast, do not underestimate Bennett playing meta game strategy here and saying, yeah, we'll go at Jack. 4D chess. Is- uh, <laughs> there's something potentially in that there's players that he knows at South that he can get at a better price. Who will add to the team. Yeah. And he goes, all right, we'll bump up our our uh, offer to Jack. Souths sort of match him in a way. Then all of a sudden they've got to let it go, four or five really good players. Tass, for example, is a centre who's now not got a position, I don't think. Uh, and Bennett could pick up two or three players at, you know, just over $1.2 million a year and he could have got that for Jack. He's the auctioneer at the back of the room yeah. who, who just sneaks out. So there could be something of that about it. Look, I'm, I think Jack White was a definite target, but I don't think Bennett's too disappointed because South now have to offload some talent. Um, so anyway, we missed out on Jack White, which was unfortunate, but unlike some of the Muppets on uh, social media who got into Jack White racially uh, from the Canberra fan base... Yeah, good luck to him. He's a really good dude and uh, I think he'll have a good four years there and he just quietly might get a premiership. Mm. Missed out on Nas from Melbourne. I don't want to even have a crack at his name at the moment. But um, <laughs> Asa Solomona, whatever his name is, big fella. But I really wanted uh, to grab him just quietly, but we missed out. He's staying at Melbourne, which was not a surprise. I wrote on social media, I thought we were 50-50. Yeah, it is what it is. Um, we have signed, though, Josh Kerr, who plays a good role for the Dragons. And I I know a few of the Dragons guys are really disappointed that Josh is going. I don't think he saw eye to eye with the coaching staff and he was probably pigeonholed a little bit. But Josh Kerr will be a really good pickup for next year. Adds to our squad and we've really got a good forward pack forming there. It's already a strong pack, which we're looking at this weekend. It's probably our strongest pack of the year. Definitely. But Josh Kerr is going to add a lot uh, to our team. Uh, playing probably a bench role, uh, but he's a really good football player and apparently a really good club guy. So really astute signing from Bennett and uh, O'Sullivan. What's that take us up to? Oh, We've got to look at the, um, the Raiders-Dolphins game. Right. So we're off to Wagga this week. Apparently. So we're, we're doing a bit of a country rugby league. You and I aren't going, unfortunately, but yeah. um, the boys are going there. And the League Unlimited crew, things to know, Canberra have lost their last two games at McDonald's Park. Bodes well for us. Wayne Bennett, coach sides, have won 21 of 30 games against Ricky Stewart. And all four NRL games played in Wagga have produced at least 40 points for the match. Yeah, right. Okay, so high-scoring game. Well, yeah, book it for the overs. Please gamble responsibly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, boy, that looks that does bode well. Camera don't win at Wagga and uh, Bennett's got the edge on Stewart. So as I normally do, I look at the two teams 
we have at fullback the hammer on the wings, Osako and Robert Jennings. Centre, you and Aiken, Branko Lee. Branko Lee, my mate. Anyway, he's uh, he had an okay game last week. In the halves, Cody Nikarima and Isaiah Katoa. The forward pack, as I said, probably our strongest pack of the year. Jesse Bromwich and Kenny Bromwich are the props. Jeremy Marshall King at nine. Back row, Felice Kafusi, Connolly Lemuelli, Lemuelu, and Tom Gilbert. That's a really strong forward pack. That's that's huge, isn't it? That is a strong. That's a Bennett type forward pack. Um, on the bench, Jared Wallace, who is really good off the bench. Mark Nichols is strong all all year. Ray Stone strong all year, and Herman Sasa. So God help us if we uh, God help us. Sorry if we have an injury to the back line because uh, <laughs> we've got four forwards on that bench. Although I did read uh, somewhere, I think it was on Twitter, Anthony Milford is a smoky to potentially come back. Oh really? He's okay. named in the twenty-two jersey. I'd be very surprised personally, but um, I don't think there's a need to rush him back. I think let's go with the winning side. But that bench, four forwards, strong. Hmm. So you know what Bennett's doing, it's, and as I've said in my run sheet here, where will it be won in the forwards? It's a, it's a forward battle game. Um, the Canberra team, Sebastian Chris, fullback, Albert Hopawati, Jordan Rapano on the wing, Jared Croker, Matthew Tom- Timiko in the centres, Jack Whiten and Jamal Fogarty in the halves, Josh Papali, Joseph Tapin, or Tapin, whatever you want to pronounce it, sorry for the pronunciation, uh, the props, Zach Wolford, Son of Simon, who I train with regularly, actually. Simon Wolford. Oh, really? He doesn't know I'm training with him, but I, I train. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit uh, what you're creepy at the back of the room, mate. Mate, who's that bloke? Um, <laughs> no, no, but he trains where I train. Um, very strong, just quietly. Um, Hudson Young, Elliot Whitehead in the back row. I hope he doesn't. I'm sure he doesn't listen, but God. <laughs> uh, Corey Hallsbro's lock. Oh, that'll be a good battle, Tom Gilbert versus Horsburgh. Uh, could be a potential um, trial for a spot in the Queensland team, just quietly. On the bench, Tom Starling, M.A. Gula, Pasimi Solo, and Corey Harrow-Wiraneira. Nira, sorry. Again, apologies for pronunciation. So looking at the two teams, on paper, if I look at it objectively, I think Canberra probably have it 9-4. The, the 13, but I think our bench is stronger, which evens it up so to about 9, 8, 10, well, yeah, if it's 10 gonna, 7. If it's going to be a battle of the forwards. Yeah, it is. So like, if, our, if we win the forward battle, and as I've wrote here, where will it be won the forward battle? Where will it be lost? A poor Katoa game. Mm. So I've written a poor Katoa game where we are winning the arm wrestle and not capitalising. So if we're... Matching or bettering that forward pack, which is a strong pack. Definitely. Papali and uh, Tapping are really good props. The back row is really, really good. Very evenly matched contest. But if we don't capitalise on our forwards doing a good job there and Katoa craps the bed like he did in a couple of halves recently, we won't win the game. Uh, so it's going to be a good one. I'm interested in how Jack White and, and the whole Canberra side bounce back from this uh, signing circus. Well, they, they they were on the buy last week. They were on the buy, and he was shopping himself around, which he has to do, to be fair to him. But mm. um, it will be an awkward few days, or it would have been an awkward few days down there with Jack White. And Ricky Stewart doesn't hide his, hide his emotions too well. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> just, w- uh, just ask the press after it, a game. Well, not only that, I, you know, Ricky would start throwing rights at Jack. Um they're very close, but I don't think he will be treated any differently anymore. That uh, card's been handed in with his uh, signing the South. But they go two ways. They all unify and have a great year to send off Jack, or they all crap the bed. And this becomes an absolute shit show and Canberra languish near the bottom of the ladder. I think it will be the former. I think they will rally around each other and Stuart very much a great uh, motivator of young men. I think they'll unite and they'll be better. They'll have a good year. But uh, it's not a definite thing either. It, it could be, it could go very pear-shaped. But we'll know about 
the Do- uh, the Canberra Raiders after uh, this weekend's game. I think. What else have I written here? What am I excited for? Our full strength pack and how they go. Yeah, I'm really excited. Kenny Bromwich is back and he partners his brother in the front row. But what I really like is Lemuelu or Lemuelu keeps his spot. Yeah. Um, in a very good back row with Gilbert and uh, Kafusi. Herman SASA is on the bench. He's been really good too. Um, but I'm really excited to see what this forward pack does. And we'll know a bit more about Kotawa because he, behind this pack, you've got no excuses. Um, what are the dangers? Or what are the dangers for us in the Raiders with regard to the Raiders? The danger is if we don't win the forward battle. Uh, Jamal Fogarty, who's the seven for Canberra, he's not a great half. Not even a very good half, I don't think. He's a good halfback, though. Very tradesman-like, blue-collar. But if they're winning the forward pack, Jamal Fogarty, more often than not, will steer the uh, Raiders to a win. In fact, in the last five games, three of which they've led at half-time, they're two and one. So they don't. once they get ahead, they're a good front-running team, and Jamal Fogarty plays a big part in that. Jack Whiten, as well, is a, a good front-running rugby league player, too. So... The danger for us is um, those two halves behind a, a forward pack winning that battle. Um, who do I think will have a big game for us? I think Tommy Gilbert's in for a big game. I think he was uh, probably his, his stats don't say it, but he had a poor performance against uh, the Titans last week. Just had a memory blank. Um, yeah, he look he, he got his numbers, but there was some real un like errors there from Tom Gilbert. Really, some two bad misses really stand out for me where one led to a try and uh, one led to more points. So, and he, he didn't have, he didn't seem to have the uh, same sort of energy in attack either, I don't think, just quietly. But um, anyway, Tommy Gilbert I think is going to have a blinder and he'll rise to the challenge of Corey Horsberg in the 13 because as I said earlier, I think it's going to be a, unofficial trial for a spot in that Queensland side just quietly. Um, what do I think is going to happen here? I think we win 1-12. One to, one to 12. I think it'll be something like a 24-20 you know, a, a type game. Um, and I think we come out ahead, even though the bookies have the Raiders a sixty favourite, us at 235, and we're getting a four-and-a-half start. But... Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, they don't normally get it wrong, but I, I do suspect that we win this game on the road. Uh, please gamble responsibly. Again, I use the the, the uh, dollar values to represent well, where well, the market is. Were we favourites last week against the Titans? I don't know. I'm still concussed from the first half. <laughs> um I don't know. The league. We should probably keep hold of these league unlimited documents. It's a, probably a good shout. Yeah. Um, where was it? Uh, we were at home. I suspect we were the favourite. Right. Okay. Because because the Titans beat beat us in the first round. Yeah. Did the Titans beat us in the first round? Was that the trials? No, that was the trials. They yeah. Sorry. Good. Yeah. The Titans put a score on us. I think in the trials from memory. Yeah. That was another concussion. Bloody um, our right edge got smoked by um, Carm Pereira. He scored four tries. Yeah. Uh, and Liam Foran had a really good game in that trial. But Liam Foran got shut down a little bit in the second half. He just disappeared uh, against us last week. So I think we win yeah, 24-20, something like that. I think it'll be a close game. And if the Canberra Raiders are an absolute mess... After this Jack White and stuff, well, it could be a we could put on a score, but I suspect uh, Ricky Stewart will galvanise the team. I suspect they'll be in for a a big afternoon, and um, I suspect Jack White is going to have a big game too. This is um, like a, a lot of teams are on ten points at the moment. Um, so where were you for the first part of the show? I said that. <laughs> yeah, I'm just thinking oh. in the in the top eight. Oh right, in, in in the in the top eight. So oh yes, yeah yeah. Well, I mean, if Canberra win, they're on eight points. They move to ten themselves. Yeah, and then it it all goes on for and against. But then you obviously got. But all they've that. had the buy as well. 
So that eight points is really sick. This buy business is garbage. I don't know why you need to put the two points. But anyway, they've they've had their buy. We haven't. So we're we're on twelve points if you want to. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, if Canberra win, it's a pivotal game because the log jam from third to ninth becomes a little bit more congested. That's right. Some really key games, though. I think Manly are. Anyway, I'm, I'm getting ahead of the run sheet here, but um, Tommy Turbo is not himself, and if I suspect he's not playing this week, they're playing Gold Coast, who will be wanting, as I talked about, I talk about a lot, the bounce back factor. They're going to want a huge performance after that embarrassing second half. Mm. Manly won't have Turbo, I suspect, and uh, you know Manly is sitting at second and eleven. Gold Coast are there on, well, they on eight points as well. I mean, it's just all over the shop. That. That's right. The race for the top eight is so tight, which is why it's such a good competition. Mm. Mm. Except the Tigers, Lee, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. Um, all right, so we might do our transition. We're coming up to NRL News and Notes. I mean, I'm open to do a Tigers podcast with Lee. <laughs> oh, That'd be good. It'll be short. <laughs> <laughs> what happened last week? We lost. <laughs> All right. See you next week. Uh, yeah. Nah. Anyway, and Tigers fans, I don't think any of you are listening. But if you are, it's just uh, taking the piss out of Lee. But um, anyway, um, news and notes. Here we go. All right. What happened this week? Fair bit happened, so it was hard to not uh, or hard not to. Um, cover all of it, so we've just narrowed it down. But we'll start with Regan Campbell-Gillard. He's out for 8 to 12 weeks due to the hip drop tackle. Oof. That's made a uh, so I, I mentioned that on one of the podcasts that we need to eradicate it from the game. Careers will be shortened or ended, and there's a really good example. Um, I don't want to get into the garbage around what is a hip, track, hip drop tackle, what isn't a hip drop tackle. What I want is the hip drop tackle to be removed from the game and if the refs have to send people to the bin they have to change contest whatever so be it like players will think twice if they're going to go in for that tackle that potentially will lead to that hip drop tackle and the good coaches as I said last week the good coaches will find ways to exploit the ill-disciplined team so for those crapping on about there's too many penalties around this tackle or we don't know what it is we'll get better at defining it but I'm all for the refs penalising and penalising and sending players to the bin until that game or that tackle is removed from the game. That's the end of that one. <laughs> a bit fired up today. So while we're on the mat, on the fired up side of things, Victor Radley. Oh uh, yeah, he got the sin binning. So I'm on social media. I had a really active Sunday. Was it Sunday Arvo? No. When was Tuesday? I was on, I was here on my own. So I just had nothing to do but go on Twitter. It's Twitter wars. Oh, mate, I was into Twitter. And I like Twitter. It's my favourite social media. But um, I was all for the sin binning. But I'm, you should have seen how many people come at me. <laughs> you're a pussy. This game's going soft. Oh, you're a, you're going to ruin the game. Wankers like you. Yeah, mate, I copped it from all these Muppets. Uh, thankfully, you can block them. But um, it was a sin binning every day. They, I, like, it's not definitive, but... At the time, it wasn't definitive, but the replays I've saw, I would argue there was shoulder-to-head contact, and it was reckless. So get off. Mm. That's 10 in the bin. And Victor Radley has said, I won't change my tackling technique. He said that for two years. Well, start changing your fucking ta- tackling technique, Victor. <laughs> like, aim lower. He's only about five foot or something. <laughs> like, aim lower. Like, he's going, he goes high, and, you have, and when you go high and the ball... Uh, the Ball carrier's got the ball there. You can bounce up and hit his head. And that's what happened. Mm. Like, just target. The target areas from the hip to the fucking chest. Target that area and you won't have a fucking problem. He's a big hitter. He's he's an enforcer. He's not an enforcer. I'd run at him all game. I'd not run at Jared bloody uh, Hargraves. He's the enforcer of that team, not Victor Radley. (laughs) (laughs) All these... Fucking apologists going on. Oh, it's the game soft. No, the game's not soft. Look at Steve Mortimer who's battling dementia because of a fucking head knocks for his whole career. We're trying to get rid of it. And Radley goes high. And yes, he's got a reputation. And yes, he'll be pinned by refs. But that was a sin bin every week. And 
Uh, I'm with Paul Kent, and I'm not with Paul Kent a lot, but I'm in with Paul Kent on this one. Wasn't uh, the the news this week with Joey? Didn't he have a um, some issue like uh, with his head injury, or he had something? Uh, he had a lot of issues, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> um, some off the field that we won't go into, but yeah, look, well, he he had head knocks. I don't know the article you're talking about, but I yeah, I know he said before in the past he he believes he has suffered from concussions. Yeah. That, there was a news article, news.com, um, earlier in the week. I read the headline, but um, he he mentioned something around the the continuous con- concussions. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, he's had a, a bit going on, Joey. Um, arguably the greatest player that's ever played outside of Alan Langer. <laughs> but he, um, yeah, I, I know he has said that in the past where he suspects concussions have played a role in some of his own mental health issues that he's had post-rugby league. Um, and when Joey John speaks, people should listen. That's like, right. He's one of the greatest players of all time and he's telling you there's potential issues there. Just listen to him. Anyway, so all these Muppets going on about Radley. Look, if the game's not going soft. What the game is doing is protecting the players because, trust me, and it's happening in the NFL, which I love, ex-players... Rightly or wrongly, and I'm not going to go into what side of the fence I land there, they're suing the NFL for billions of dollars. Yeah. And I assure you, the NRL will have such cases in the not-too-distant future where former players band together and start suing the NRL. Mm. And so the NRL covering their ass. You get hit. If you make contact with the head, accidental or slightly or whatever it may well be, you're off. Yeah. And I'm all for it. It's um, that, That's the... Doctor tells inquiry Andrew Johns was left with seizures after NRL. Yeah, I mean, half the idiots who call you out on Twitter or whatever have never played a game rugby league in their life, mm. and they forget they're talking to a two-time premiership. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, the I have glo- to throw it in there. The, what the, the glory days? <laughs> <laughs> oh God, no. Anyway, I, well, I have played the game, and um, anyone who's played at whatever level. Knows the accidental things can happen, but the coaches will tell you where to hit. And if you dare go a bit higher, especially in today's game, do you run the risk of hitting someone in the head? And if you do, you're off. Mm. Simple. Payne Hass is being pursued by the rugby Australian Rugby Union. I mean, to me, it's a non-event. Um, I'd pursue Payne Hass too. Everyone's pursuing Payne Hass. I, I assume the NFL teams are pursuing Payne Hass. Yeah. Uh, he's 23. He's probably going to be the best prop that's ever played the game. I suspect it could be his agent pushing a price up. I don't know. Um, if he left, it would be a big blow, but we'll find another pain house. But um, anyway, keep an eye on that one because the story's not going away. Um, Sam Walker, I've got him on the run sheet. He remains in New South Wales Cup, and I don't think he'll be back in the rooster side anytime soon. Now, why have I put it on here? I think he's a potential dolphin target. Yeah, right. Well, if we if we can get him for for good money instead of paying four point something million for Whiten, well, I don't know. I, I don't think the Roosters will want to let him go. But Joey Manu is not leaving that six jersey. I think he looks great in the six, and I would leave him there for the rest of the year. And Luke Keary, unless he's injured, and there's a good chance he would be injured, he's suspect he. He d- does find a head knock too, just quietly. We were talking about that just a minute ago. But um, look, he's a good depth player there. But, I mean, the Dolphins could do worse in asking the question. Mm. I mean, Sean O'Sullivan's out. I think we've got a halfback in Sean O'Sullivan, but he's injured. I don't think Cody Nicarim is long-term. I think Isaiah Katoa is. But, um, you know, bringing in guys like Sam Walker is never a bad thing. Anyway, um, I've also got on here... The Anzac Day round, I thought it was a, a big success, although I think the scheduling could be looked at. It was a little bit clunky for me. Uh, at times I was scratching my head as to when the next game was on. I think they missed an opportunity with the Monday night game. Uh, yeah, leading into the public holiday on, on Tuesday. Yeah. yeah, I think personally they had to have at least the Monday night game. Get rid of the Thursday game and put the Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Instead, they had Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then let down Monday, then two games Tuesday. But, yeah, okay. Like, I, I personally would have the... Do they have to think about the Thursday night game 
And yeah, look, I haven't dug into it. Probably there's contractual obligation, I'm sure, to the TV networks, etc. But I think if they get a plan, I think, yeah, I, I think it can be done better. I'm not, I'm not having a dig. I'm just thinking it could be done better. Yeah. It was also, I think, it was Saturday where you were searching for a game. The fir- I think the first game wasn't till seven thirty. Anyway, I, I didn't put on my notes here, but I just thought the overall round was great. The footy was excellent. Probably the best round of the year. I just thought the scheduling was a little bit off. What else have I got here? Paul Kent making a goose of himself. Yep, we've covered that. Uh, anyway, Paul Kent. <laughs> For those who haven't caught on, Paul Kent is there to be, if it, we're zigging, he's zagging. That's his role. He's there to be an antagonist. He's there to be controversial. And um, he plays a bit of a caricature of himself just quietly. Um, like Skip Bayless in America, if you don't know him, Google him. But that's that's their job. He does write a good article, though, generally, Paul Kent. Last thing I've got here before we do the transition, um, I'm really happy to see Paul Green honoured by the Sharks-Cowboys tonight. The Paul Green medal be awarded to the man of the match, I think, of the game. I may be wrong on that, so apologies. We'll correct ourselves if we are, but there is a Paul Green medal, I understand, being awarded, which is uh, a tribute to the late Paul Green. A lot of words tonight. What are we up to? 46 minutes. Uh, well, mum's still listening. Dad's gone 20 minutes yeah, ago. Dad, dad was gone after... Uh, when did I start blowing up? <laughs> I got uh, emotional about something. Uh, oh, that, 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 was a, that was early on. Oh, the, the social media bullying that I endured. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, absolute morons. So what we... Uh, Supercoach. Super coach, NRL super coach. How's that team looking? Uh, oh well, we, we've we keep rising the ranks, but when you're as bad as I was, it's pretty hard, uh, pretty easy to rise because there's a lot of room for improvement. Um, shout out to SC Playbook. I'm a member there. I don't do anything with them. I don't get asked to plug them, but I think they're great at what they do. Timmy Williams, the, the Spy, Desi Creek, and a few others. Clementine. If you haven't read what she writes, she's hilarious. Hopefully we're going to have her on here soon, just quietly. Um, and a shout-out to the Beers and Break Evans Rugby League Guru, who is uh, one of the new media guys who I think has got a massive future in Rugby League. Just a really cool guy, knowledgeable and funny as all hell. Um, all right, so my NRL Supercoach side. For those who have asked, no, I am not at all an NRL Supercoach expert. I just like to partake. And I have... I am sadly taking this a bit serious this year. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's taking more time. I am taking more time, and I, like this time last year, I was ranked, I think, in the top thousand. So what? What are you now? Uh, Thirty-four thousand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I guess that extra time has paid off. I've actually put effort into this, and I'm going worse. Uh, <laughs> anyway, last and then last year I was in the top thousand, and then as you know. In my own personal life, stuff was going on, mm. and I shat the bed, and I I couldn't like life happened, and I forgot all about it, and mm. I still finished in the side of the top thirty thousand, even though I didn't touch my team after about ten rounds or something. Mm. But this time last year, I was in the top thousand. Well, wow. this year I'm thirty four thousand four hundred two hundred forty ninth. Um, I did last round. I got one thousand one hundred nine points. I moved up. 4,257 spots. So we're inside the top 35,000. Well, we can look back to the glory days of last year, <laughs> just like those premierships. Well, started. yeah, <laughs> two-time, two-time. <laughs> Start calling myself the two-time instead of JM. So, yeah, we've moved up to 34,000. Um, I do normally start slow, albeit last year it was faster. Um, I'm still very happy with the team, Uh, which we'll talk about now. Uh, I'm doing two trades this week. I've got 30 left and I've still got two boosts. I'm bringing in uh, Dylan Brown for Adam Dewey. I'm bringing in Jared Croker for Warbrick at Melbourne. A bit of a cash generation thing there, setting myself up for some trades next week. But like most super coaches, the teams are in absolute carnage here because of uh, injuries and Melbourne Storm having the damn buy. So I've got a pretty ordinary-looking... 17, but I'm not alone. Anyone who's engaged in Supercoach generally has the problems I'm having this week. 
Um, so I'll have a blog post. I mean, it's hard to describe it here on, on the podcast, but I'll have a blog post um, tonight. I'm delayed it because Nico Hines is my vice captain tonight and subject to how he goes is where I'm going to place the captaincy. If he doesn't do well, I'll put a captaincy on Manu, but if he does 120, 140 plus, I'll vice captain loop it and um, put the captaincy on Harry Grant, who's got the buy. So there'll be a blog post coming on that, but uh, we're moving forward, we're moving north. I am aiming for a top 1,000 finish and we'll see how we go. Oh, wait there. Do not segue. What's What are we doing? A transition. NRL tips. We've got to put that in here somewhere. How about right now? Uh, very professional. I think the uh, social media bullying I endured has uh, thrown me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fired up and I'm also, I've got the run sheet and I've got it here. And it's just, it's got red pen all over yeah. it. That's, um, I'm seeing red. <laughs> anyway. Um, NRL tips. So let's look at the round. You should throw your tips out there instead of me. Actually, I'm winning my tipping cop by quite some margin, actually. What's that? I work one off. Yeah. It cost me a bloody second mortgage to enter. <laughs> it's, um, I get roped into it every year. It actually stresses me out more than anything I do all year. <laughs> um, but I'm leading it. Um, and it's probably good to know. I've, I've got 43 tips right. So how many games have been played? Oh, eight around. Nine. Uh, so we've had eight, eight rounds. rounds. 64. So I'm 43 out of 64. The next best is 40. But you've got to pick margins in my tipping comp. Oh. So you've got to exact pick it by... Like uh, one to 12. Six. No, you've got to, like six, you've got to win by six, you've got to win by eight. Anyway, it's a super brew tipping comp thing. It is um, it is the most stressful thing I do. So I wouldn't recommend it. But um, anyway... If you want to sponsor a Super Brew, you can jump on board. <laughs> um, anyway, I'm winning my tipping comp, and I did really well last week. I think I got seven again. So this week, Cronulla and North Queensland. I'm taking Cronulla. Who are you taking? Yeah, I'll go Cronulla. Parramatta, Newcastle. I'm taking Parramatta with a question mark. I'm going the Novocastrians in Newcastle. Of course yep. you are. Joey's biggest fan. <laughs> uh, Brisbane versus South Sydney. Ooh. I've gone... Brisbane, only because it's Sun- at Suncorp. Yeah. But as the League Unlimited crew let us know, when we were playing South, South have a great record up at Suncorp, albeit I don't think they were strong against Brisbane. But anyway, I'm sure they've got stats on it. I'm just going to jump on the Rabbitohs just to knock Brisbane down. Latrell Mitchell could win that on his own. The battle of Walsh versus Latrell will be all time, I think. So I'm that's looking good, forward to that tomorrow. Uh, that's a good game. Yeah, very good game. And Adam Reynolds versus South. Yeah. Uh, that would be good. Uh, Canberra versus Dolphins. Dolphins for me. Yeah, Dolphins for me. Manly versus Gold Coast. I'm taking Manly with not much confidence. I've got – if Turbo's out, this really becomes an even game, in my opinion. Garrick's playing centre. I don't like that at all. And I just think Gold Coast, after that humiliating loss with the bounce-back factor, are going to be up for a big game. So you're Gold Coast? I'm Manly. I've covered myself by saying what I said. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. So I'm a hedger. Well, I, I'm going to go Gold Coast. Like, you've only got another team to hedge. <laughs> yeah, <mate. laughs> It's not... Um, uh, well, I'm covering my ass, so I can say I told you. Uh, but I, I'm going Manly. If Turbo plays, definitely Manly. But that is... I'm If he's ruled out, I might, because I'm leading my comp by good margin i might even throw it to gold coast well i'm not even hedging i'm just going gold coast so here we go penrith versus the tigers good news for lee nathan cleary's out so the tigers are paying about nine dollars so they're probably paying seven dollars now um i'm still i'm penrith i'm still penrith (laughs) i'm not paying (laughs) this is the type of game though and cleary and the tigers just don't like ivan the dad yeah he wants to win this game because there's a bit of bad blood there Again, cover my butt. I don't think Tigers have a hope, but anyway, the Tigers, if they pull off the the wins they shouldn't win, is a, this is a type of game Tigers go to Bathurst and win. <laughs> uh, and Nathan Cleary not playing, they're, not, they're a completely different side. I still think Penrith win, but just watch out for the Tigers there, who were pretty good last week, albeit they lost late. 
Uh, Warriors versus Sydney Roosters at Mount Smart. I'm going... Uh, I'm going Warriors. You've just gone every underdog. Yeah, look. I'm go- yeah. Let's keep it interesting. But it, but it is in New Zealand. It's um, Yeah, but they're undermanned. Uh, I w- if Warriors were full strength, I'd take Warriors. Uh, I'm taking the Roosters because they've got a lot of players out. The Warriors. Uh, to- excuse me, Tohu Harris is out. Um Oh, sorry, I've drank too much tea here, but the, um, <laughs> the, um, they've, they've got a few out, and um, that's the only reason I'm going to Roosters. Although, yeah, Warriors are a good shout there. Uh, Dragons versus Canterbury. I'm taking Dragons. Yeah, I'd probably go Dragons down at win. All right, so we better transition up to the awesome foursome. Well, opinions are like assholes. Everybody oh, has one. We I forgot the Wayne Bennett. Yeah, uh, I forgot the Wayne Bennett, so I thought I'd just chuck it out at the end there to um, transition over to. This has been our like our first ever episode. We've actually <laughs> we've actually regressed. <laughs> it's, it's going downhill. We've actually started well. Now we're we're going backward. Um, so w- what have we got for the awesome foursome this week, James? I on I don't. I got inspired by the uh, Javonta Davis versus Ryan Garcia fight. I was all over that on Twitter, which I'm a big boxing fan, UFC. I really love the contest and the pre-fight and post-fight stuff. Uh, so this week we're going to have the awesome Forcer and our favourite boxers. Very good. Uh, wow. I've got like... 20 guys I could put on here. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you told me just before the podcast again. This is good. Uh, <laughs> um, well, do you want to start it off then? Yeah. James? So these uh favourite, not best. Uh, I'd like to canvas that because if I was in the best boxes, it would be a different list. But my favourite, these are the guys that any time they fought or fight, I would pay the money to watch uh, You know, every day of the week. First one, I'm old enough to have lived it is Mike Tyson. Yeah, that's that's a that's a fair shout. I I, I do remember watching uh, Mike Tyson, but I remember every time you pay for the pay per view and he knocked someone out in the first round, you didn't feel like you got your money's worth. But yeah, it was good for the whole drama of it. Um, it's a shame that Mike Tyson Customato died because I think he has a different career of Customato, his trainer was there mm. for his whole career. Once he died, he just went off the uh, off the rails and all the hangers on. He just kept telling him yes. Um, yeah, he ha- he, he's one of the greats. He's not in the top five greatest ever, in my opinion. But um, at I'm his best, scariest boxer that's ever lived. I'm I'm jumping on Tyson as well. I, it's it's so hard. he's in yours. Yeah. It's it's hard not to put him on the list. The, the amount of highlights and the amount of highlights he has all over YouTube is just, um, you have to go with him. So definitely Mike Tyson. Uh, this is not in any order. Uh, a more current name uh, for me is Tyson Fury, named after Mike Tyson, coincidentally. Uh, I think I like the Tyson Fury story. Um, uh, he He's a very inspirational guy. Carries on a bit of a pork chop at times, but... He's a great boxer, arguably the most skillful heavyweight of all time. Um, but he's just a really, you know, he's he's been high low, high low. He's a big advocate for mental health. He doesn't look like an athlete. Like if you look at him and Anthony Joshua, oh you, yeah, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean. But, um, <laughs> but Tyson Fury is like as a skill, his boxing skills are like up there with the greatest of all time. So. Yeah. And I think he sells a fight as well as anyone too. Although I'm very disappointed with how this last, his most recent fight. He was fighting Usyk, now he's not. Yeah. And now he's looking at um, Ruiz. Oh, that Andy, little chunky fella. Andy Ruiz Jr. Andy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That would be so disappointing. Well, he, like Tyson's six foot nine. Yeah. He will not touch him. <laughs> like he just won't. Like, That's right. He beat Anthony Joshua, who's, who doesn't. He would. He should never fight Fury because he would get smashed. I just. I'm disappointed that the Usyk fight hasn't happened. Yeah, so. that's uh, that's that yeah. fight he needs. I think just to. Well, in my, he's the best box. 
heavyweight boxer today. He's probably the face of boxing too, but he needs to beat Usyk just just to make sure he's covered all the guys. Like, look, unfortunately, I'm doubling up here because he was on my list as well. Yeah, right. Because if we're thinking about the ones that we've watched most recently, and I guess we're looking at recency bias when we are thinking about our favourite fighters, favourite boxers, Tyson Fury, he sticks out like a sore thumb. So. Yeah, yeah, Tyson's up there. Um, this one's a bit controversial. As a bloke, I can't cop him, but Floyd Mayweather, uh, as a boxer, I would watch anything he was fighting in. Um, 15-0 and or whatever his record is now, who knows, he's fighting Muppets in exhibition, but 15-0, and at his best, you just you couldn't touch him. Yeah, no, that's uh, he, and he could sell a fight. Yeah, like he's he's worth a lot, and he's he's blowing a lot of that money. I suspect, given he's still doing these stupid fights, as a lot of these boxers do, trying to keep up with the lifestyle. But um, yeah, he, any time he fought, I was paying for it. Um, yeah, I I couldn't cop him. Like, no, as a bloke, he's a goose. Obviously, he's pa- like he's playing the role of the villain. So could yeah, you- he's a different guy off camera. Yeah, like Mundine was. Yes, yes. But that sells. So is um, Connor. Connor Connor McGregor. Although he's a bit of a goose as well. But more often than not, you hear that he's just a real cool, generous, humble guy. But he plays a character when the cameras around him. Colby Covington. Colby Covington. Because it sells. That's right. It's a heel. Yeah, and I like it. It it is good. It it is good. But if they back it up. Which Mayweather could, mm. it, it sells more. Um, so for my third one, I had uh, Lamachenko. Oh, yeah. no, no mass, no mass. Uh, have you have you seen his highlights? Yeah. He's, yeah, yeah, he's a good fighter. He, he's fantastic, and he's he's going to be fighting uh, Devin Haney uh, coming up uh, to unify. Yeah, I, I think Haney will win that, but. Um, um, yeah, he's a good fighter. I, I'm, I'm, I'm all on board with uh, Loma. He's just reminded me of Prince Nazim Hamad. <laughs> yeah. Not because of Loma, but he he was one. He should be on my list. I don't have him here, but he he's definitely like whenever he, that guy fought. If you mm. don't know who Prince Nazim Hamad is, as those who don't follow boxing, YouTube him. Um, just an exciting, unorthodox fighter that. Uh, and he had the confidence to confident, and he had a he his punching power for his size was ridiculous. Yeah, uh, he's not my fourth guy. Um, my fourth guy, I had a hard time with. I, I do with these lists. I've got Roy Jones Jr., Bernard Hopkins, Lennox Lewis. Very boring, but it's, I still watched him a lot. I've got Aussies Victor Chidin, who I'm a big fan of. Anthony Mundine, hate him or love him. I did watch all his fights. Billy Dib, I've got a lot of time for as a person. Uh, went through a cancer battle recently and come through the other end. Just a really cool guy. And I'm a big fan of Costa Zoo, but I'm an equally big fan of Tim Zoo, and I haven't missed one of his fights. But in the interest of like we, fourth, I probably will go Roy Jones Jr. Uh, yeah. He when he was at his best, he could be. Argue, there was a case at one point he could have been the best boxer ever. Um, where he won the heavyweight title, he he was he was so quick, so powerful. But to, he, I don't know how many weight classes did he win. He, there's no way he wins a heavyweight title, but he no. did. Did he win heavyweight? Yeah, he uh, the guy he fought wasn't a great heavyweight, but um, I think his name was John Ruiz. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know the the guy you're talking about. Uh, but Roy Jones Jr. I don't sure. I'm not even sure where he started. Was it middleweight? Uh, what's above middle? He was light heavy. He won light heavyweight. Well, like, I know, I, I know s- some of those. Like, is there cruiserweight? There's yeah, there's too many. But he he was a small guy. Should never win a heavyweight title, but he did. Yeah, John Ruiz wasn't a big heavyweight either. But um, Roy Jones beat him anyway. Roy Jones Jr. at his best, like Floyd Mayweather, was untouchable and probably a bit more exciting than Floyd. Because he, he would not, and Floyd Mayweather used to knock people out, but Roy Jones Jr. toyed with them, and then he'd knock them out. 
So he'd be my fourth. So it'd be Mike Tyson, Floyd Mayweather, Tyson Fury, and Roy Jones Jr. I'm going to jump on board the Pac-Man for my... Pacquiao. Uh, for, for, for number four. There's a guy with money issues. He'll be fighting to his 80. <laughs> he's a, you know, here he's coming back. What, for an exhibition? I don't know what he's doing, but I, I from what you read, he's got a lot of hangers-on. He's got a lot of political aspiration. and well, yeah. He's going to be a guy that... Forever spends his money, mm. like Mike Tyson was the same, but he got into the bloody legalized cannabis. Yeah, yeah, he's got a weed resort. Yeah, he's worth like quarter of a billion again. Yeah, but um, yeah, but Pac Man shouldn't be like these guys should just if you just wonder what they do. But anyway, um, yeah, Pac Man's a good nomination. Yeah, yeah, I liked watching Pacquiao. I think Young Pacquiao was better, but um, like him versus Ricky Hatton. Ricky Hartman, he I like watching Ricky. Yeah. yeah. Well, oh geez, we're running over here. <laughs> anyway, it's not a boxing podcast, but that's right. Um, that's right. We, we've lost half the audience already. But they tuned out when I was carrying on. <laughs> um, so I think we've covered everything. We have. We haven't missed anything. No, I think we're good. All right. So what will happen this week? The game's on Saturday. I'll try and do a live reaction on uh, Instagram. I've got my kids are hanging around uh, around that time begging for the pool and stuff. So we'll see how we go. Um, we'll do instant reaction, uh, at least a review podcast, and then we'll be back on uh, Wednesday for the 7 a.m. on Thursday. This week was a bit late. We apologise, but work got in the way. Um, and if that's it from you, that's it from me. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the support. Take care. Bye.